Good morning and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, the Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month of September. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined live in the studios this month, live Yay! in unity with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Father. After five months, it's great to be back. So great. <laughs> back in person, that is. <laughs> As we enter into this Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month of September here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite all of our listeners to join us as we begin with the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your most sacred heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Chuck and Joanne, it's so good to have you back, right? I mean, through the screen, through the glass. <laughs> yes. But here we are together at St. Gabriel Radio. As we're entering into this new month, this month of September on this uh, first Friday, Chuck and Joanne, I think it's good. You know, why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're here because Jesus has asked us to be here, Father, and because he he appeared to St. Margaret Mary, and he showed her his heart, the heart of love, and he gave to her what we refer to as the 12 promises mm-hmm. for those who uh, promote, those who have a picture of his heart and who honor it. And who um, who grow in his, their love for him? Yeah, and also it's just a privilege because I know Father as uh, the Lord brought us together back on 2011, and uh, to really discuss um, how can we help spread this wonderful devotion of the Sacred Heart uh, before before that time. Uh, and God bless her soul, Gloria Anson. Oh yes, yeah, uh, was oh, really the leader of helping to carry on this apostolate. And before that was certainly Father Larkin and Father mm-hmm. Mateo. And so it's really a privilege for us in Columbus now, not only doing this locally but beyond, to really promote the devotion and promote the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. And for those listening. You can always call in to St. Gabriel, 614-459-4820, or go to our website, welcomehisheart.com. Uh, you can sign up uh, for a self-led enthronement uh, booklet or kit. You can get more information. Uh, if you're local, we can have a missionary work f- with you or nationally. So just it's something that we're here to promote uh, the beauty and why you need to have your home and throne. And I think, Father, as we enter into this month, month of September, last year we were talking about everybody going back to school. It's Just true. everything was <laughs> typical. Yeah. Now it's different, right, Father? Definitely it's different. atypical. <laughs> uh, this year brings its uh, 
definitely its own unique challenges uh, in the unfolding of reality. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why actually this month, uh, this hour today is uh, all that much more special is because, you know, even when the soul is grasping for stability and everything around us is up for grabs and everything's constantly changing and news and updates uh, seem to be coming from different directions, it's good to know that we all have a place to rest in the heart of the sacred heart of Jesus, you know, in the heart of Jesus. And you mentioned some names earlier. I just want to dial back just a few moments. Uh, you know, Joanne mentioned the, the promises Jesus gave to those who would really honor those who would love his sacred heart. And one of those promises was, those who propagate this devotion shall have their name written in my heart, and it shall never be effaced. The whole purpose of this hour is to help humanity come to know, once again, or for the first time, the heart of Jesus. And you mentioned some names, like Gloria Anson, Father Larkin, uh, and then, of course, there's Father Mateo. These are names that most of our listeners may not be familiar with, but if they've ever seen an image of the Sacred Heart, by and large, it's because of the work of those individuals. You know, Gloria Anson, she's our peer. I mean, the Lord just called her home she's not that long here. ago. You know, she's yeah. been in Columbus. She's spoken on the Sacred Heart. And they worked in conjunction with a variety of priests, bishops, and even popes. And, you know, we walk past, or maybe you Google search, or get a mailing of an image of the Sacred Heart. By and large, the popularity or the you know, the sustained vision of making the Sacred Heart known is as a result of the fervor and the love of these individuals that many of us don't know. And yet they opened up their lives, their minds and their hearts to that promise given by the Lord, those who propagate this devotion, which basically simply means those who spread, those who offer, those who share, like this radio, this radio program, you know, St. Gabriel Radio, those who announce the Lord, those who uh, make available His heart, you know, if you're offering the gift that you've been given, the heart of Jesus to your neighbor, you know, that effort, that gesture, that's not going to be lost on the Lord. And who among us doesn't know of someone in need of peace, in need of hope, in need of Jesus? I mean, this hour is to just kind of rekindle within each of our minds and our hearts that love, that attention for Jesus. And as we look at this month, you know, this season we're heading into, it's beautiful weather outside today here in central Ohio. But then we think of those people who are overwhelmed by natural disasters. And there's a lot going on in the world today that can cultivate within our hearts an openness uh, to acknowledge the need for peace and hope and Jesus. And we're here to let you know the Lord's sacred heart dwells among us, first in the Eucharist, but then he also wants to dwell in our homes. And our missionaries, the zeal that they have and the zeal that so many have to spread the devotion to the Sacred Heart, they've, they've personally experienced. They've personally experienced having, you know, cooperated with the promises and tried to go deeper into their love of the Sacred Heart. And the stories, that's one thing that just keeps inspiring Chuck and I and everyone involved with this apostolate, is that Jesus makes good on his promises. (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) And we're testimony uh, to that. (laughs) There's a testimony um, that we had in the last, and we have many of them in the last month, uh, and it's from Lisa. She did this on the Facebook. The Sacred Heart Enthronement Ceremony changed our lives, enriched our love for Jesus, deepened our faith, brought joy and peace to our home. 
I recommend it to almost everyone I meet. That's wow. a witness that's that was shared on Father. Facebook. Yeah, exactly. You can see in her witness, just in the simple statement she shared, that she acknowledges that where she and her family were before is different from where they are now. And the bridge between the two is opening their home and opening their hearts to the heart of Jesus through the Sacred Heart, especially the Sacred Heart enthronement. And once again, you know, uh, many months now we've been gathering on the yeah. first Friday <laughs> and we talk about the heart of Jesus yeah. and the heart of Jesus dwelling among us in our homes in the tabernacles at our churches. But we have, you know, in this hour we make available where we explain this particular process of bringing the heart of Jesus into the home. You know, Chuck and Joanne, uh, you've spearheaded, you've worked with, you've uh, promoted, you've been the cheerleaders on the sidelines for countless numbers <laughs> of missionaries. You know, as a married couple who have children and grandchildren, and you've been involved in all parts of the life of the church here in the diocese and nationally, um, what is it about the enthronement ceremony? What is it about you know the idea of enthroning the Sacred Heart that speaks to you as a man and woman, you know, as a married couple who see the value of the the family life, the home, the home church? Well, I think it's that you are publicly, personally, verbally, with your heart, welcoming Jesus. Mm, yeah. And some people say, well, I've always had him here. And <laughs> But, you know, maybe it's kind of like marriage. You can love a person. Sure. But when you stand there yeah. and you pledge your life mm-hmm. and your love publicly, yeah. it's... it's um, it's a little different. Sure. Absolutely. And, and you take it <laughs> seriously yeah. and you think about it yeah. and you do it consciously. And I think that's really important for the enthronement. Mm. And it's not the same then the next day. Right. And you have those images. You have that place to go to. And it's maybe not just one place. Mm-hmm. Because I know for Chuck and I, we have several places. And we need that. We need that reminder. We meet, need that uh, consolation, especially during this time. Yeah. Well, and, and I think as if you're listening and you haven't, uh, you're not familiar with the enthronement process uh, today because of the virus. Yeah. It's very easy to go on welcomehisheart.com. You can get the download of the booklet or you can even have a kit sent to your home, and in there has everything you need, everything that you're going to need. And we always say if you're doing it in your home, there's a preparation phase. Mm -hmm. And it's not because, oh, it's going to be a burdensome. It's just preparing your family to welcome Jesus into your home. And for a lot of families, the real advantage has been and we, we've we heard this often, right, Joanne, that we have never prayed together like I this. Know. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's an opening for the family to come together in prayer. Right. It's an opening to say in three days or eight days, depending upon how you want to do your preparation, uh, that we are going to enthrone. And then when you do enthrone, uh, we hope it's on a Sunday. You can go to Mass, receive the grace of the Eucharist, the sacraments, and then come home and have your family gathered together and say, now we enthrone Jesus Mm -hmm. as the king, brother, and friend of our home. 
And then there's one more step. Jesus says, this is not a once and done. Yeah. That's from Jesus' words. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Not like once you do it, yeah. you can bail out. No, he wants you to continue to honor. Right. And one thing about the image that I've found, Father, is when I walk by that image, maybe like First Friday uh, Sacred Heart Hour program, it's a reminder. It's a reminder that, Jesus, you are the king, brother, and friend yeah. of this family. I trust in you. I put all of my worries with you. I put all of, all the things going on within our families or whatever health issues and so forth into your heart. And then I can let go, Father. Exactly. He's yeah. in charge. Exactly. I think, you know, that when we pass by the, the image of the Sacred Heart in our homes and we understand that we're living a new reality, when you see the heart of Jesus, it's a powerful reminder uh, every moment of every day that you, you know, you're reminded of that reality of the heart of Jesus in your home that, okay, I'm not the center of life. You are, oh Lord. I'm not the center of life. You are. I don't need the burdens. You do. Um, because I wasn't made to carry them. You are the Lord, you know, and I may walk with you and in walking with you, you will allow me to share that burden to the degree that you wish. But it's a, it's a radically different perspective on life. And when the Lord Jesus dwells in our homes, and we acknowledge him as the one who dwells in our homes, as, like you said, Chuck, earlier, king, brother, and friend, uh, you know, or Joanne, like when you're talking about, you know, it's like, it's that public acknowledgement. It's, you know, before you can put your car and drive, you have to turn it on. <laughs> you know, so the preparation period is turning on that life of the family. And, you know, I'm very aware of you know, how many people are probably listening right now and thinking, we don't pray at home. And I don't even know how to introduce prayer into the home. I mean, how am I supposed to go up to my spouse and say, let's do the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, when it might even be a struggle just to get everyone to go to Mass? And if if that's the position you're in right now, I'm going to simply invite you to offer that struggle up to the Lord. You know, remember that we're invited to be co-workers in His kingdom, in His vineyard. And you offer that up to the Lord, and you simply ask the Holy Spirit to give you the words that will be most powerful and most effective in inviting your spouse, inviting your family to, you know, open their minds and their hearts to the heart of Jesus. And a lot of times, you know, when people will call or email or come up to me after Mass and they'll ask... They're like, oh, Father, I mean, it's like climbing a mountain without any boots. You know, hmm. I don't even know how to introduce the reality of asking my family to pray a Hail Mary, let alone a decade of the rosary or the whole rosary or, you know, committing ourselves to the Sacred Heart. And I was almost like, first things first, you find an image of the Sacred Heart and you bring it into your home. And when people ask, whether it's your spouse or your children or your parents or your neighbors, well, what is this? And you say, it's the heart of Jesus. Don't say the sacred heart, because a lot of people don't even know what the word sacred means anyway. Just say, it's the heart of Jesus. And he's offering that heart to us, and I want to make good on accepting what he's offering. And then in time, you'll find how the Lord kind of softens the soil. And then you'll have that opportunity to maybe reintroduce grace before meals, you know, the sign of the cross, uh, an act of contrition before you go to bed. You know, but first begin within your own heart by giving that burden, like Chuck said, give that burden to the Lord. Allow him to be the king, brother, and friend. That's beautiful, Father. And I'm also thinking about um, people like my brother who are uh, 
you know, been sheltering in a care facility. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and like he has been all, six months pretty much in that facility yeah. and in his room, but he's not alone. He has the sacred heart yep. and the immaculate heart and he goes to them and he, you know, he's, uh, he's really doing well yeah. because he does know that they are there and yeah. in a special way. You know, another way, Father, that people, a lot of you listening, I might say, well, this is going to be hard on my spouse, my yeah. family. Yeah. You can go to Welcome His Heart and sign up for the monthly newsletter. Oh, great idea. And the monthly idea. newsletter is Keep the Flame Burning, and it really helps you with the understanding of what the enthronement is. There are different articles, different ways to pray. Uh, it's every month, the first of the month, you'll get it. And at that point, that might be your entrance to this whole process. Yeah. And there's currently we have over 4,000 uh, that's signed up. That's uh, exhausting. Isn't that wonderful? Just hear just, that number. Just, yeah. in the last, just in the last month, so you know that this is... You're not I mean, alone. I know yeah. you're not alone. On our website, we had over 31,000 come in the last month Isn't to our website. And I also think we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a couple other things, but Bishop Brennan. I mean, some of the people oh, say, yeah. is this really Catholic? Yeah. <laughs> is this legit? <laughs> it's legit. <laughs> He's going to talk about this imprimatur that sure. Bishop Brennan has just given to all of our literature and manuals. Yeah, and you know, we've all been there. Someone will walk up and say, hey, why don't you look at doing this? Or why don't you look at doing that? You know, it's like an exercise routine. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's always got that newest movement or newest gesture, or it's like, well, bend over backwards and sneeze, and that'll really save your life. And it's like, oh, gosh, (laughs) that sounds torturous. But, you know, it's the same thing in every dimension of our life. And it's not that different from in the spiritual life. You know, someone will walk up and say, I really found this book to be good, or I found this practice to be you know, good or powerful. And I think that's, if we just begin by highlighting that the popes throughout the ages have highlighted the Sacred Heart devotion is not just one coin among many in the coin bag, you know, Mm. and you just pull it out for whatever works. No, they've all highlighted that the Sacred Heart devotion is the paramount devotion because it's devotion to Jesus in the flesh. And, you know, here we are, And by no means are we Johnny-come-lately on the scene. You know, everyone here at Sacred Heart Hour, we're just making known the treasure that's already been offered to everyone. But because many people don't know of the Sacred Heart devotion, which is a sad state of affairs, you know, Sacred Heart Columbus, you know, welcomeishome.com, St. Gabriel Radio, whatever the apostolate, the name, the ministry, you know, you highlight the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, and you have that kind of... Maybe some people have an eye of suspicion. They're like, oh, another gimmick. Or they think you know? that was something that was not eliminated after a vacuum. Right, tour, yeah, but exactly. It was something grandma did. Exactly. <laughs> that is <laughs> also no, I'm, grandma. <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> You're right, but there's always that kind of like, you know, there can be that eye of suspicion. They're like, oh, another thing. Uh-huh. Well, Bishop Brennan's offered his imprimatur, which basically highlights it's not necessarily his blessing, but it's the blessing of the church. It's an acknowledgement of the church that, first of all, it's without error, and it's 
of the church. You know, it's of the Lord. Very important. And it's very important. And it's basically an endorsement from the ordinary, the bishop of the diocese, that, you know, every soul in this diocese and beyond can look towards this as a viable opportunity for sanctity. And the beautiful thing is that uh, it's the Sacred Heart devotion. So what he's done is he's offered his imprimatur on the actual materials Mm-hmm. that we've composed, you know, the booklets and whatnot, which highlight a very easy-to-follow method or manual on how to kind of open your mind and your heart to bring in the Sacred Heart into your home. So, you know, he's gone through the materials, uh, the prayers, uh, the formula, and he said, you know, this is going to be a good way. It's trustworthy. The- exactly. It's trustworthy. And and I think that's very helpful in our own climate where there's so much uncertainty and you don't always know, you know, where's this message coming from? Where's this book coming from? You know, what's the goal? What's the effort here? Well, when the bishop offers his imprimatur, he's saying, no, this is of the church. You know, I have a good friend, and he's dealing with um, ALS. And when we went to his house, uh, first of all, we had to ask permission. Would you be interested in having your home and throne? Mm-hmm. And he said, why not? Sure. Yeah, And I'm thinking, all of you listening today, you, you can look at w- what are the issues going on? Is it within your family? Is it outside your family? And we know today with the virus, social unrest, yeah. the, the campaign of uh, on, in November coming up, elections, what are the other issues? There's a lot of tension going on. Oh, yeah. And Jesus wants to just take that and eliminate that so that you can get back to what really matters and have peace. And he wants to give every family peace. And that's one of his promises. Yes, it's true. Those that enthrone and those that expose and honor my sacred heart, I will bless those homes, particularly with peace. So for those listening, uh, we have two, we have an audience that number one has not enthroned. We're challenging you to just, be open, and even if you and I know this is a question, Father. Well, I'm not worthy. Who is <laughs> <laughs> exactly? He came for all of us. He didn't come for the perfect. He came for those of us who basically acknowledge we need. We need it. Yeah. And I'm not sure what this is, but on a yeah on faith alone, I'm going to go ahead and go to welcome his heart. Exactly. And I'm going to start the process. Yeah. Or we have a lot that have been enthroned. Yeah. And they've sort of put it away. Right. It's in the closet, Father. Yeah, yeah. the one and done. Yeah. Yeah. So how yeah. do we get those people to say, wait a minute. Yeah. This is the beginning, day one today. Yeah. Get back, renew your enthronement, get back to praying as a family. Yeah. Uh, and start to go getting back to Mass. Yeah. Getting back to the sacraments. Absolutely. Don't let this be an excuse. Yep. Do you remember the gospel passage from uh, last Sunday? It came from Matthew chapter 16, and we had two Sundays in a row, right? Uh, the first Sunday we had was called Matthew, or Matthew's, uh, Matthew chapter 16, and it was Peter's confession. And Jesus asked the question, who do the people say the Son of Man is, right? And, you know, some people were like, oh, John the Baptist, Elijah, you know, one of the prophets, whatever. And then he says, now, who do you say that I am? And there's a change in the question. First of all, it goes from being rather general to being very particular. And then it goes from being, who do people say that the Messiah is going to be? 
And then he says, who do you say that I am? Alluding to the fact that I am the Messiah. And of course, Peter steps up and goes, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And then we have this beautiful moment where Jesus acknowledges that Simon Peter is going to be the rock upon which he builds the church. He gives to him the keys of the kingdom. He tells him, who sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Then the next Sunday, which was this past Sunday, we had the next section of Matthew chapter 16. And what happens? Jesus goes on and tells them how he's going to go to Jerusalem and the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, the people, they're going to put him to death. And then what happens? Simon Peter's like, oh my gosh, don't say that. That's horrible. You know, and the word that's used in English was uh, Simon Peter rebuked Jesus. And then Jesus turns and says, get behind me, Satan. You know, and then he goes on and says, you know, you can't deny the cross. You have to pick it up and carry it. And what happens is, you know, for us in the Sunday Mass, it was separated by a week. But we have to keep in mind, that conversation, that drama was only separated by moments. So we all know what it's like to go from being on a high at the peak of the mountain to being in a low. And we have a lot of people who have done the enthronement. They're like, this was beautiful. This was powerful. It was gorgeous. You know, our family was changed forever. And then three days later, the picture's taken down, stuck in the closet. And they're like, oh, you know, we're just busy. <laughs> it's like, or um, worse, they, you know, the cross is still there. Yep. Or maybe the cross becomes even heavier. And I love... You know, when you explain that, Father, and I think we do need to explain that, that having new tools, (laughs) you know, to deal with the cross, because the cross really is the cross, you know, is part of life. Well, and we keep our eyes on the glorified cross, that the cross is the entrance into the empty tomb. Yeah. You know, and there is no Easter Sunday without Good Friday. And, you know, if Matthew will highlight for us in his gospel how fast in one conversation Simon Peter can go from being like the first to announce that, no, you are the Son of God, you are the Messiah, you are Mm -hmm. the Christ, and then okay, you're the rock upon which I'm going to build the church. Great. That's a really good moment. The very next moment, oh, I'm really not into this whole suffering thing. Yeah, can you turn yeah. that down? You know, yeah. Can we delete that paragraph? Uh-huh. You know? And the Lord is like, no, this is a mm-hmm. part of what has to happen for the redemption to occur, the sanctification to take place. And very much in our homes, we've got a lot of people who have opened their minds and hearts, the door, the front door of their home to the sacred heart. They've done the enthronement. And I'll see them after Mass. I'll see, I'll see them in the grocery store just the other day in the bread aisle. Someone mm-hmm. came over and was like, I did the enthronement. You were in my home. And it's like, uh, you know, maybe on TV <laughs> I was in your That's true. And they're like, but you know, Father, we've lost that, we've lost that joy that we had when we were doing the preparation, when we did the enthronement, and in that month or two afterwards. And it's like, you know what's fascinating is this week, this Friday is First Friday. Every month we have the First Friday dedicated to the Sacred Heart. This Friday is going to be a perfect time for you to gather those who live with you in your home and you return your hearts to the Lord and just say, make a renewal. You know, renew your family covenant. And they, and I'm shocked. It's like, they'll say, well, I didn't know we could do that. And it's like, no, we need to do it every moment of every day. Too, Father. Every moment of every share. day. You know, we're talking about another tool to put in that's in your tool bag that you can take advantage of right now is the Sacred Heart Congress coming up. Mm. Oh, because yes. if you get the newsletter and you're not too sure or you're not renewing uh, your enthronement, 
Uh, you need a spark. Well, register for our ninth annual Sacred Heart Congress, which is going to be November 14th. It's going to be at St. Paul's, the Apostle Church. Um, and it's also going to be streamlined. We feel that we can have around 300 attending, and then certainly we'll be streaming it live. Uh, it's a great way to get to know the devotion greater. Yeah. We're going to have the bishop uh, lead us with the Mass. It's going to be from 9.30 to 12. Because of the virus, we made it two and a half hours because everybody will have to have to have a mask on. Streamlined so, it a bit. Well, yeah, yeah, we streamlined yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good way. And then we're going to have some speakers, testimony. It's going to be we're gonna fabulous. Cl- we're going to close with adoration and benediction and the litany. But it's a great way to say, November 14th, I'm going to come or I'm going to stream this live. But if you want to come, my suggestion is go on Welcome His Heart, register now. Uh, because there is going to be limited registration. Mm. We can only handle around 300. And But it's another day to really relive the graces the Lord wants to give yeah. us through his heart. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, we use that analogy of tool and the tool bag. And, you know, we're just trying to make available different resources yeah. for you to come resources. to know the Lord, love the Lord, and serve the Lord. And as we, uh, you know, this hour always goes so fast. I'm so fast. <laughs> We're already coming to the end of the first segment of this Sacred Heart Hour on We're the first Friday. We're not even through with session one. Oh, <laughs> my know. notes. We've got billions of notes and to cover. And I wanted to say, what about college students? Oh, hon. Yeah. Hang on. Uh-huh. We're coming back to that. All right. <laughs> and we want to thank all those that have contributed to Friends of the Sacred Heart. And so there's so much friends. to say, Father. As we bring to a close this first segment, we invite you to join us in commending ourselves to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, we adore you, we love you, and with a lively sorrow for our sins, we offer you this poor heart of ours. Make us humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that we may live in you and for you. Protect us in the midst of danger. Comfort us in our afflictions. Give us health of body, assistance in our temporal needs, your blessings in all that we do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 Ann Sullivan is an unsung hero. A disease made her almost blind at the age of five. Her mom died when she was only eight, and her dad gave her and her little brother up to an orphanage. The orphanage was overcrowded, underfunded, and later investigated for abuse. Her brother died within four months. She went to school for the blind and, after multiple failed eye surgeries, was sent back to that miserable orphanage. Anne eventually went to college, and during her valedictorian speech, she said, Every obstacle we overcome and every success we achieve tends to bring man closer to God and make life more as he would have it. Anne didn't see her life as happening to her, but for her and for a greater cause. She eventually became a teacher to the deaf, blind, and speechless girl whose parents had all but given up on her. And because of her struggles she lived through, Anne knew just how to teach Helen Keller how to succeed. Hang in there with faith. Your tests can become your testimonies. Your trials can become a blessing. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. My family left the church because of a a, a very negative experience with a specific priest. And that took my whole family away from going to church for a long period of time. There were other Catholic churches, and there were great Catholic churches and great priests. But we stopped because of that one specific instance. 
And in a way, I was, I was cheated on a big part of my journey in my life uh, because we weren't in the church. In life, it seems like we're always enslaved to something. And I think that's, that's basically where our, what our culture is all about right now is we are, we are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. My involvement in the church, my relationship with God is who I am. It's what gives me my identity. Thank God I'm home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. It's the first Friday of the month of September, a day dedicated to offering up our graces that we receive from our Father in Heaven to the reparation, for the reparation of the sins committed against the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We keep our Lord Jesus Christ at the center of our minds, at the center of our thoughts, and at the center of our hearts. And as we enter into the second segment of the Sacred Heart Hour, we begin by offering up a prayer to our Father in Heaven. God of might, giver of every good gift, put into our hearts the love of your most holy name, so that by deepening our sense of reverence, you may nurture in us what is good, and by your watchful care, keep safe what you have nurtured. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Chuck and Joanne, we're in this month of September. The first Friday falls couple days into the month, but we have so many beautiful opportunities in this month of September to renew our devotion to the Sacred Heart, but also to renew the enthronement we've perhaps participated within in times past. This month, like so many months, has a lot of uh, really, really beautiful peaks in the calendar, you know, different dates of significance and importance. And uh, we've already had a couple, you know, feasts like St. Gregory the Great and whatnot. And then today, of course, the September 1st is the first Friday. Uh, so a day set aside for the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Tomorrow will be the first Saturday. So it's an opportunity to venerate the Immaculate Heart of Mary. But looking ahead to next week, in this month mm-hmm. of September, we've got September 8th, uh, the Feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And, of course, we can consider just a very simple, beautiful prayer called the Miraculous Metal Prayer. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Now, here's a trick question. Chuck and Joanne are not prepared for this quiz. Uh-oh. How many birthdays do we celebrate in the calendar of the church? Four. Chuck. <laughs> I'm going to say two. Now, who are... You can't vote. You're the, three? <laughs> so, Dave, or, the or silent voice to my three. left throughout a number. So we, we are on the table right now. Is I say three. Two, three, and four. Two, three, and four. Okay, now let's talk. Who are the people whose birthdays we would celebrate in the life of the church? Jesus. Christmas. There you go. So we've got the Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate his birth, his nativity. Mary. Mary, her nativity. John the Baptist. John the Baptist, correct. Now, was there a fourth one? I hope not, because oh. those are the only three that I know. <laughs> a winner of Franciscan came and pulled that one out of his All right. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so, 
one of the three birthdays we celebrate in the life of the church and the calendar of the church is the birth of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Of course, because, like the prayer from the Miraculous Medal devotions is, O Mary conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. So even in her conception, she was spared the effects of original sin, whereas like John the Baptist was conceived with original sin, but in the mystery of the rosary, the visitation, you know, he leapt for joy while still in the womb. We believe that that's when he was cleansed. So he was born without original sin. And then, of course, our beloved Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, was conceived and born without sin at all. So we have these three nativities in the life of the church. And on September 8th, we celebrate the nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And, of course, for those of you who are much better at math than I am, then you have nine months later, December 8th, you know, you have, or nine months before, I should say, nine months before you have the, uh, the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and then September 8th is her birth. So we have that beautiful opportunity. And, you know, while it is a feast of the Blessed Virgin Mary, it's a perfect day to consider the intimacy that is had between the mother and the son. And so as we allow the Lord to open our eyes to behold the beauty of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the role she plays in salvation history, it's a good day to ask for her intercession for our hearts, for our minds, for our homes, for our loved ones, so that we may be open to the grace of God, especially the grace of God that's found in the heart of Jesus. So it's a good day to, if you've already enthroned, to renew your enthronement. And if you haven't, to you know, get on welcomehisheart.com uh, and find information on the enthronement process and just use it as a special day to renew your covenant with the Lord in your home following the example also, the Father, Virgin. how about a birthday cake for the family? That's true. To celebrate Mary, yeah, and to really bring this feast day alive. That'd be one of those days when Father Thomas Blau at St. Patrick says calories oh, don't yeah, count. Exactly, <laughs> so, calories he don't count. <laughs> He's got a lot of feast days where calories don't count. <laughs> I wish my treadmill would pay attention to that calendar. So. Calories don't count on <laughs> September eighth. Father, talking about John the Baptist, how can we deny? the dignity of the unborn mm-hmm. child. Absolutely. I mean, how can we ever imagine that the unborn child is not a child, right. is not a person with dignity and the right to life? Yeah. No, and John the Baptist, while still in the womb, responds to yeah. the presence of God that is communicated through the voice of one mother and received through the ears of another. So, yes, the unborn child in, you know, in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the Catholic you know, Church, is precious. Is precious. And is absolutely worth And this is the everything. issue, Father. Yeah. This is the choice. Well, and I also think, Father, as we move on then, yeah. then we get to the cross. Yes. Oh, yeah. In a good way. Yep. In a good, good way. way. Yeah. <laughs> so, in a good way. September 14th. <laughs> Exaltation of the Holy Cross. You know, and this feast day is particularly one that is rooted uh, with great joy in the life of the church because it, it comes to the finding of the cross in Jerusalem by St. Helena, who is the mother of Constantine. And she made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem as an act of reparation because of the sins her son had just committed. Her I son was that. not baptized a Christian at the time he committed those sins, um, mm-hmm. but he committed horrible, horrible sins against his own family Hmm. and his mother who was a Christian Helena she was so filled with sorrow at what her son Hmm. the emperor had done that she wanted to make a pilgrimage of reparation so she went to the Holy Land she actually wanted to walk where Jesus walked she wanted Hmm. to see what he would have seen and she wanted to breathe the air in the place where he had Hmm. lived so while she was there 
She went to see the holy sites, and of course, in many of those places, things had fallen into disrepair. And for the protection of those relics, those sacred items and sites, but also so that in the uh, capital of Rome, where the church was very strong, more of the faithful could see them, she brought those relics back to Rome. And you can still see them and venerate them to this day in the different basilicas and churches. But while she was there, she wanted to find the cross upon which our Lord and Savior died. She wanted to find the cross. And so, you know, sometimes in different calendars, you might see September 14th as the finding of the cross or the exaltation of the cross or the triumph of the cross. And there's a lot of different uh, accounts that have been handed down throughout the tradition of the church about how, you know, the crucifixion was tragically so very common. And that's why in the early years of the church, you don't find crucifixes in Catholic churches. You didn't have to have a crucifix in the church because as you were walking from your home to church, you passed people hanging on the cross. Hmm. That was your visual reminder of what the Lord experienced. When the crucifixion was outlawed as a means of punishment, almost immediately then when you start going into churches for Mass and for prayer, you found artistic hmm. uh, renditions of the crucifix because it was no longer a lived reality. So we were able to remind ourselves what the Lord experienced. And Helena, she encountered, Empress Helena, now St. Helena, she encountered many, many pieces of wood uh, from many different crosses. But the reality was, it's like, well, which one was the one that our Lord was upon? You know, many years had passed now since he had returned to heaven. And you know, one of the traditional accounts is that she had the sick brought out from Jerusalem and she had them brought before all of the different fragments of the different crosses. And there was one where, regardless of who the sick person was, they were always healed. And the miraculous qualities of that particular wood uh, were undeniable. And because of where it was found on Golgotha, uh, the area called Calvary, you know, tradition then was built up that this must have been, this had to have been the wood of the cross that our Lord himself would have hung upon. And so the finding of the cross, but it doesn't refer just to the wood of the cross upon which Jesus died, but it's really, you know, when in our souls we find the cross, we're all given that choice. Do I embrace it and carry it or do I refuse it? And deny it. And of course, in our journey towards sanctity and unity with the Lord, there has to be an embrace of the cross. And that's really where the heart of Jesus becomes powerful because in the first 500 to 700 years of our church, you're not necessarily going to find the image of the Sacred Heart that we have today, but you will find an incredible devotion to the five wounds of Jesus from his passion, from his time on the cross. And of those five wounds, the most precious of which is the the wound in the side, where his heart was lanced by the sword. And we say that that is, in art and in history, that's the seminal form of the devotion of the heart of Jesus, because the mystics of the church, the church fathers, would highlight how from that pierced wound, the door had been opened, and life-saving grace, life-giving grace, poured forth from the heart of Jesus upon humanity, upon the world. So, you know, at first glance, you're like, what's the cross have to do with the heart of Jesus? It has everything to do with the heart of Jesus, because oh, the heart is, is manifested. Father. And so the exaltation of the cross, September 14th, is a most beautiful day mm. for in our homes to come before the heart of Jesus mm. and ask for the grace to acknowledge the cross, mm to embrace the cross, and then to carry it, you know? Not to allow it to be our condemnation, mm-hmm. but our source 
in our path towards the resurrection. And I think that's where you find、um, a challenge within and among Christians is when you look at the cross,、mm. is there fear?、Mm. Or when you look at the cross, do you see a path towards the resurrection? An opportunity for you know, sacrifice and discipline. And, you know, and when we, whenever we enter into prayer, there's always going to be that tug on us to you know, spend your time better elsewhere. It's、yeah. <laughs> like, no, but I want to pray. Wiggle off the cross. Exactly.、Yeah. But there's that opportunity to just like, no, the Lord is my all in、yeah. all. And it's in his heart, his heart that was pierced on the cross, that I ultimately find the water of everlasting life, the wellspring of、mm-hmm. salvation. Oh, I'm exhausted. Beautiful. <laughs> so, oh, wow. We needed to hear that, Father. Chuck, and, and you didn't also, put that in the script. Uh, uh, on the heart. <laughs> no.、Uh, on the、wow. heart. When our Lord appeared to St. Margaret Mary with his heart outside. Outside, yep. I'm not sure that was the first time he had ever appeared to anyone with his heart outside、mm-hmm. because that heart is love. Right. And at the top of his heart, Was the cross. Yeah, and that's what's interesting、okay. is he had revealed his heart to someone like St. Gertrude the Great.、Uh, but <laughs> the image that we have today, which reveals so much of everything of who Jesus is, is, and it really comes from that time he spent with Margaret Mary, St. Margaret Mary. And that's why in the heart you have the crown of thorns. You have within the Sacred Heart image the cross emblazoned in gold as the cross that is triumphant. The cross is the throne. It's the only throne humanity offered God in the flesh, Jesus, while he was on earth. We only offered him the throne of the cross. And the cross is the throne on top of his heart. The other thing is that's brilliant is, you know, I invite you, when you look at the heart of Jesus, notice.、Um, The flames. There's always the flames that are coming forth from the heart, engulfing the heart. And that really is supposed to be a bookend to the Old Testament. You know, Moses、uh, climbs Mount Sinai and he asks the Most High, everlasting, always living God, Who are you? And God reveals himself from the voice that comes from the burning bush, the bush that's on fire, but not consumed by the flames. And he says, I am who am, the Tetragrammaton. In the heart of Jesus that we have in the Sacred Heart, it's the same reality. The heart is engulfed in flames, but it's not consumed or destroyed by the flames. It's a flame of love. It's a flame that purifies the one who draws close to the heart. It doesn't destroy us. And that's why, within the, heart of devo- within the devotion to the heart of Jesus, the closer and closer we get to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the more and more we are purified. There might be a struggle, but that's because the Lord is pulling us closer and closer to His love. And we realize I have to make a choice. Do I want the Lord or do I want the world? And that choice coming to mind is a manifestation of His fiery love purifying us of our attachments to things of this world, you know? And it's like First Friday. People say, well, I can go to Mass on First Friday. Or I can go out to eat, you know,、mm-hmm. or I've got to do this. I've got chores to catch up on. It's the last day of the week. I'm exhausted from work、mm-hmm. because of the virus. You know, everything's crazy Zoom conferences, Skype talks, and everything else. I'm just flat out tired. And here's, you know, Father Chuck and Joanne saying, Go to Mass on First Friday. <laughs> that choice, that choice is a manifestation of a purifying love. The Lord is letting us know we have a choice. Do I want to spend time with Him? Or do I want to spend time with the world? And ultimately, it's only in his heart that we're going to find that love, that peace, that joy, and really that life that we really truthfully want. 
So when you look at the heart of Jesus in your home, you see a whole catechesis on God's love for you. You find the heart that is not hidden, but rather it's exposed. You find the cross that is his throne. He's not afraid of the cross, and nor should we be afraid of the cross. You find a fire that purifies and loves and enriches. You find the crown of thorns. You know, we could have offered him so many different crowns of gold and silver and jewels and wealth and success, but humanity gave him the crown of thorns, and the Lord is not afraid of that, and nor should we be. You also find the lance to wound in the heart, you know, and the droplets of blood coming from it. And that's a direct connection to the feast we celebrate on September 14th, the exaltation of the cross. It was on the cross that Jesus was lanced. And we have to keep that in mind because throughout the ages, sometimes people will deny Jesus's humanity. And other times people will deny his divinity. But you can't deny either of the two, his humanity or divinity, when you look at his heart. Only God could be victorious after that kind of suffering, and only flesh could be pierced in such a way to where blood would pour forth. He is God and man, and he wants to dwell in our homes with us. You know, Father, I know we have to move on, but all of us today, everyone carries a cross. Totally. And so the the aspect of saying we have a Savior, mm-hmm. That's going to lighten the burden of our cross. He yeah. wants to remove that cross. So that's why we're saying, enthrone Jesus. Mm-hmm. Take the graces of Jesus through that enthronement and honor that all what Jesus wants to be honored. And then you, you're going to see all your crosses sort of handled in a way. Yeah. But I know after September 14th, we have September 15th. The very next day, you know, on the calendar, it's just a difference of a number. But in the life of the Christian, it's the difference of love. You know, on the 14th, we remember the son and the price he paid on the cross and how the cross opens up the path to Calvary and then from Calvary to the empty tomb. But then on the 15th, we remember the Holy Virgin, Our Lady of Sorrows. And, you know, for a lot of people who do the enthronement, they also will, you know, grow in love to the Immaculate Heart of Mary the Immaculate Heart of Mary, a, a devotion which is really made clear, beautiful, and placed before us by Our Lady when she appeared in Fatima in 1917. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just her words, you know, like the Lord Jesus is offended by the sins against the heart of mm-hmm. his mother. And a lot of us don't really fully appreciate that, but we have to keep in mind when Our Lady appeared in Fatima, uh, the government of Portugal uh, really was refuting the church, attacking the church. And the Portuguese, like the Spanish, like the Italians, like many Mediterraneans, they have a passionate love for Jesus on the cross and for the Blessed Virgin Mother. And one of the best ways to attack the church was to attack the Blessed Virgin Mother, to defame images of her, to commit acts of sacrilege, to mock her name, to deny her immaculate conception. All of these things were great sins against the heart of Mary, which would then, of course, offend her son, who is the living God, King of the universe, Jesus. So, you know, we remember the exaltation of the cross, the finding of the cross on the 14th, and the very next day we remember Our Lady of Sorrows. You know, it's interesting, when you look at Scripture, when you read Scripture, and when you look at art, Mary stands. She stands at the foot of the cross. You know, sometimes you'll see Mary Magdalene, she's just kind of collapsed at the foot of the cross with grief. And John is weighed down with grief, and he's mourning. 
but Mary is standing, and that goes back to the Passion accounts. And I remember, you know, St. Ambrose, the famous uh, doctor of the church and bishop of Milan, he said, in Scripture, I have read that Mary stood at the foot of the cross. I have not read in Scripture that she wept. She is the mother of sorrows, but she's not a woman of weakness. Mm. And so in the mother of sorrows, we find this incredible source of strength. And you know, Chuck, you highlighted when we journey towards the heart of Jesus, we have to not only acknowledge the cross, but we have to embrace it and carry it. He carries it with us. But we find this incredible strength, this strength to persevere. The Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart in L.A., they have this beautiful song, and it's called, like, Lean Into the Wind. When the storms of life come up against you, the best way to survive and persevere is to lean into it. Don't ignore it. Don't turn your back on it. It'll knock you over. Lean into it. And you find that in the Mother of Sorrows, Mary at the foot of the cross. She leans into the storm that is the passion of her son. And when you think of her, like the strength of a mother watching her son die to save all of humanity, you know, all of humanity. And, you know, what are the last words that we have from Jesus on the cross to all of humanity about his mother? Behold your mother. So he's dying on the cross. His very last words about her to us are simple. Behold your mother. We then look at her and we see her standing there in incredible strength and calmness, the mother of sorrows, but also the woman of joy, the woman of strength. And, you know, the reality of Our Lady of Sorrows opens us up to consider what we call the seven sorrows of Mary. And it's a good uh, devotion to enter into and look up. You know, you just can simply search the seven sorrows of Mary, the seven uh, dolors, as we would say. Uh, And they're easy, but they're beautiful. The prophecy of Simeon, you know, from Luke chapter 2, the flight into Egypt from Matthew chapter 2, the loss of Jesus for three days, Luke chapter 2, the carrying of the cross, Luke chapter 23, the crucifixion of Jesus, John chapter 19, Jesus is taken down from the cross, John chapter 19, Jesus is laid in the tomb, John chapter 19. So you've got seven different chapters. In each of those different chapters of this devotion, we look at reality from the perspective of the woman who is strong, who is calm, who, because of the sins of humanity, she has sorrows, but she never loses her joy. You know, and so as we go through the month of September, we consider on this first Friday the great love God has for us. You know, we look ahead to the 14th, Exaltation of the Cross, 15th, Mother of Sorrows. We consider Jesus on the cross, his love for us on the cross, the pierced heart of Jesus on the cross. The very next day, the woman who is strong enough and calm enough to stand at the foot of the cross, not to run away from it, but to stand there. And that's a real challenge for us. Absolutely. Not Mm -hmm. to run away from our crosses. And I know, Father, uh, we have someone here in the studio that's waiting to hear about (laughs) St. Padre Pio. Padre you know, Pio. It's just not a Sacred Heart Hour unless been, the Franciscans work their way in there. Exactly. He's been holding his breath. <laughs> I'm trying to work us down as much as possible because I can see the nervousness coming out of him. He's like, are the Franciscans going to get mentioned at all? <laughs> as if there's not enough to celebrate on the 14th and the 15th on September 23rd, we had the great wonder worker of our day, Padre Pio of Pietrocina, St. Padre Pio or St. Pio. Uh, you know, he himself, a Capuchin Franciscan friar, known for his many hours spent in the confessional, he himself also had a beautiful love 
for the heart of Jesus. He's got that beautiful quote, Unite your heart with the heart of Jesus and be simple-hearted as he desires. And, you know, we are have to kind of brings us full circle. When you enthrone the sacred heart of Jesus in your home, it gives us each a very tangible, practical way to open our heart to his and uh, to be united to him and to be simple-hearted, you know, uh, to see the simplicity of life as a beautiful gift and not as an invitation to being bored. And he didn't run from his crosses. And no. he had a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was being attacked. Yeah. By everyone. He mm-hmm. embraced yeah. the sacred heart. Go to welcomehisheart.com. Sign up today. Get renewed. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, sign up for the Congress, November 14th. And these are all opportunities to grow deeper into Jesus and bringing him into you that he wants to be exposed and honor in your home and then other places. And we'll, we won't talk about them in detail, but schools, yeah, parishes, uh, dorm rooms, places, yep, dorm rooms, where else? Well, I was just thinking that give it this small yes. Yeah. Just begin. And, you know, let Jesus bring you along. Yeah. And let the Blessed Mother be your mother. But just open that door. I love that the image that we have on the manual of the door mm. and the crack in the door and yep. the key in the door. Just just decide today yeah. that you will welcome our Lord in a formal way mm-hmm. and let him let him come in. Yeah. Let him do the dirty work. Let, exactly. <laughs> now, you know, Chuck the and Joanne, there's going to be a lot of people at the final judgment who want to talk with me, but I don't want the three holy archangels to be them, oh, you know, unless they have something yeah. nice to say. Then they can come up and get in line. <laughs> but Saints Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, we, we celebrate on September 29th. And this is the thing. When you open your heart and your home to the sacred heart of Jesus, the saints and the angels become your brothers and sisters, your mm-hmm. friends, your confidants, the holy people who walk with you through life. And... You know, every month we have the first Friday show here on St. Gabriel Radio, and we cover these feast days. The idea is to open you up to the family of God. And the family of God has the heart of Jesus at its center. But when you understand the different feast days, you know, like on September 29th, Saints Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, the holy archangels, and you think of the great defense that is ours when we say the prayer to St. Michael, the archangel, you know, you realize I'm not alone in journeying towards the heart of Jesus And when I have the heart of Jesus, I'm not alone as I live in this world. God surrounds me with this great cloud of witnesses, the saints, the angels, our brothers and sisters in heaven. Should we close with that prayer, Father, St. Michael? Absolutely. That's a great idea. Together, uh, we bring to a close the Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Radio, and uh, we offer all of you to the glory and the mercy and the grace of of the living God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us this day in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen.